listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, David Leo, or on this particular show, you can call me Leo because today we have David Maxwell, who we'll call Max because we're both Davids. He's joining us from Launceston for his series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation. Welcome, David. Hi, Leo. How are you today? Oh, I'm well. Well, sorry, but the answer, I correct. I stay corrected, Max. Welcome, That's Max. Fine. Yeah, no so worries. it's <laughs> good to have you back with us this week. And uh, each week, you always introduce the show with sharing something significant for our listeners. So, well, what's happening today? What are you sharing with us for significant sevens? Yeah, thanks, <clears throat> uh, Leo. I, I'm I'm looking today at a special verse. Um, I've been looking at verses that are significant for me, and I've only picked seven, so one for each week. So it's really hard to find the one that's the most significant for me. And the one I found today, last week we looked at Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, probably my most significant one, mm. uh, which is interesting. It's almost in the middle of the sevens, um, if, you, if you know how Jewish writing goes. Uh, and today I would like to look at John 5.22. John 5.22, let me read it from the New King James. Mm-hmm. It says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. I'll read it again. The Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Now, I love this verse because it really gives me the big picture of God's justice. You know, we've all sinned, we've broken God's law, and and yes, we're going to be judged for that. We know that. But what gives me courage is knowing that, as this verse tells me, God is fair about the judgment. So God didn't, God the Father didn't himself come down to earth. Jesus the Son, he came down. And so Jesus, he's also God. You know, we have God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We looked at, at that in another program. So the part of God that comes is the part of God that judges us. Mm-hmm. And and I really like this for a number of reasons. You know, the Father entrusts this judgment to Jesus. Why? And I, I think the most important reason why is that Jesus is the most qualified to, ju- uh, to judge us. Agree. He, he's walked a mile in our shoes, as the saying mm-hmm. goes, if you like. Mm-hmm. You know, he... He came down here to this world. He came down to our level. He lived life like you and I do. Well, not like you and I do, but certainly like they did in first century sure. Palestine. You know, he wasn't, he didn't come as an, um, as a jazzed up human, you know, the superhuman that came and like Superman and, you know, showed off his amazing power and did all those amazing things. No, he became just one of us, you know, just one of the simple people in, in Jerusalem of the time. He was fully connected to his father. He fully accessed the power that God had available and has available for all of us. And he stayed connected to the father through the whole time that he lived here. And then he overcomes sin. He he defeats sin on our behalf. And I guess the only difference is the starting point. You know, Jesus started without sin. We start with sin, but he yeah. started without sin like Adam started without sin. And and he knows the struggles we face. And someone asked me the other day, 
why did Jesus get born like a baby? Why didn't Jesus just come as a man, you know, just appear? And right. then they would have said, oh, look, here, here's the amazing Messiah, you know. Um, why did he come as a baby and then grow up? And, and, and I had to think about it. And I, I guess the Bible doesn't really have a deep answer for this, but superficially, as I look at it in the Bible, I see that he he relates to humanity in all the stages of life. You know, he, he physically was here as a child. No one can say as a young person, well, Jesus doesn't know what I'm going through. Well, he does. He does because he's been there. Um, someone uh, getting, um, you know, going into a manhood can't say, uh, or womanhood can't say, well, God doesn't know the struggles I'm facing. Well, he does because mm-hmm. he faced them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and all of those challenges that we are often faced, Jesus faced them. He walked the walk. He, he went through those struggles. And so he, he can actually, He's qualified, if you like. He's qualified to judge us because he knows what we're going through. He knows the angle we're coming from, if you like. Secondly, Jesus shed his blood for us. And because he shed his blood, he's going to be fair and honest when he judges. You know, he won't let anyone off who takes that sacrifice for granted, but he won't let anyone be punished who genuinely accepts that gift. And again, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said, well, you know, what about when we sin? What about when we fall? Do we have to come and be rebaptized again? Or do we, are we lost at that point? You know, every day do we stand in jeopardy? Do we, um, you know, do we worry when we do something wrong? Mm, oh no, oh no, mm, I, I'm mm, going to be mm. punished. You know, it's about the journey. It's about the direction. Ezekiel 18 talks about that. Which way are we heading? Have we repented from our sin? As we in, turned away from that life and head towards eternity, head towards life with Jesus? Or have we turned away from God and said, forget it, I'm going back to my own life? There's the two differences. You know, we are sinful and we fall. And because Jesus shed his blood for us, he knows that journey that we're going through. He was tempted in the same way that we are, Mm -hmm. but he didn't fall in any point. So he knows, he's actually experienced it more than us because we often give in to sin. He overcame it. He went right through the the whole temptation of every sin and he went to the end of it, whereas we usually give up halfway through. So he, he is the one, I feel, is perfectly perfectly suited to be our judge. So I feel this passage is a really good lead-in for today's program, The Seven Bowls, which is speaking about God's judgments on those that reject him, and we'll see this shortly. Yeah, there are some of the things you're touching there. It's really, really pushing some some, uh, some buttons. Some buttons. Yeah, like, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you think you're talking about that person mentioning about the birth, and I was thinking, yeah. man, even before birth, his, his, his life was already under threat. You know, like, yeah. Herod wanted, yeah, to, yeah. wanted to make sure that he wasn't even born, so it's like, wow, yeah. that's, That's this, right. is, this, is, this is amazing how much Jesus relates to us and, 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 and then some. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we've been going through the significant sevens, and you can catch Catch the other episodes on Faith FM app. You can down, download that if you haven't already. Or you can go to the website, faithfm.com.au, and you can listen to the previous episodes from there. Also, if you haven't got this number stored in your phone, get your, get your phone out and tap these digits in and save it under Faith FM on your phone. 488 880 891 
0488880891. And we're going to have a free book offer that you might want to um, text in and, and get that. And also, if you've got any feedback or questions or answers to the question that we're going to have later on in the program, then that's the number to text it to. But uh, this week, we're looking at the significant sevens. Uh, of Revelation and the Seven Bowls, and that's um and and David, what have you got for us next on the, as we uh, get into today's topic? Yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, Leo. So, first week we looked at seven churches. Next week we looked at seven seals. Then we looked at seven trumpets. Uh, last week we looked at seven significant signs showing the anger of the nations against God's acts from the trumpets. And today we're going to look at. The sevens, the significant sevens of Revelation, and this part of it is entitled the seven bowls. Now, a lot of people are really interested in the bowls because it talks about the wrath of God, <laughs> and they want to know, hey, that's not the God I signed sure, up to. Sure, sure. So we're going to have a look at that. But the, um, before the break, uh, I would like to ask a listener question. And this one is, have you ever experienced an illness that lasted a long time and what was it like? Hmm. Uh, has that applied to you at all, Leo? No, I've only had short spurts of oh. things, you know. Um, okay. And, the, and I think the worst I could think of as a kid was having these boils that were, they seemed to be really oh. sore under my armpits. And oh, yeah. That yeah. lasts about a week, I think. Yeah, but right. nothing really longer than that. Okay, okay. Well, I had a kidney infection in grade four that lasted six weeks, and I was uh, four, well, it lasted longer than that. I was about four to six weeks in hospital. Oh, wow. So I went in with a kidney infection. I came out with a kidney infection, half healed, and whooping cough to go. So, you know, it was a bit of a takeaway there. <laughs> so it wasn't so great. <laughs> hospitals then weren't as good as hospitals today. But today we're going to look at what God does to show the universe that there are some who, no matter what they know about God, will not choose to follow him. So mm. that's, that's where we're heading today with our, with our topic, wow. the seven bowls. So the listener question again, can you read that for our listeners, please, Leo? Sure. The listener question is, have you ever experienced an illness that lasted a long time? What was it like? You can text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. It's uh, zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to give us your your answer. So we, we look forward to hearing if, if anyone else has been through a a time of um, a long illness or anything like that. Yeah, please please send send your answers through. Uh, one of my favorite songs I like to sing is called uh, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And this is from Carrie Underwood. Great is God's faithfulness to us. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with
are listening to Tasty Encounters on Faith FM and we are talking with Max on the topic of the seven bowls. And the question that we asked just before we went into that beautiful song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, like I said, I love singing that song. The question is, have you ever experienced an illness that lasted a long time? What was it like? 0488880891. And um, if you could send us your answer to that, we got a response from our good friend Edgar in Western Australia, dropping in our, our uh, regular good morning text. Good morning to you, Edgar, from myself, Leo, and from Max. So we're back from break, and we're continuing your, your series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation, mm. with today's topic of the seven bowls. This is interesting. Before the break, you said that the seven bowls represent God's vindication of his faithful people, and the judgment on those who choose not to follow him. So, mm. how do we know that's the case? How do we know if it's it's not punishments poured out on everyone? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a fair question because a lot of people are really worried about these bold judgments at the end of time. You know, it's uh, mm. it seems quite harsh. Well, Hollywood's made a made a. a, a, a yeah. Money on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they yeah. have, they have. <clears throat> yeah, that's absolutely true. So it's a fair question. And I guess we would like to have some proof of these things that they're not for everyone. But first, I'm going to pray. Uh, it's very important that we pray today uh, that God gives us the right frame of mind to look at these verses. So I'll pray for our listeners and then we'll get into mm-hmm. the, the passage. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God who cares for each one of us. We thank you that you're, you've given us your word and you've given us these instructions and, and future directions in your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us your spirit today. All of our listeners, may they hear your words and may they understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Leo, I'd like you to read Revelation 15.5 to 16.1 in the New Living Translation, if you could, please. Okay, I've got it here, starting at verse 5. It says, Then I looked and saw that the temple in heaven, God's tabernacle, was thrown wide open. The seven angels who were beholding the seven plagues came out of the temple. They were clothed in spotless white linen with gold sashes across their chests. Then one of the four living beings handed each of the seven angels a gold bowl filled with the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from God's glory and power. No one could enter the temple until the seven angels had completed pouring out the seven plagues. Now, chapter 16, verse 1. Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. Yeah, thanks, Leo. Now, I think this is really interesting. As I was looking at this again last night, I, I it was highlighted to me that the seven angels come out of the temple of God, out of the tabernacle from God, and they are holding the seven plagues. So the plagues aren't in the bowls but the plagues are with each of the seven angels. The bowls are the measure of how much they're going to be poured out. Okay, so the bowls are filled with the wrath of God, the the measure of how much it's going to be poured out. And so then it's poured out in that measure on the earth. So that's really interesting as we Mm. go through. I hope you come back to thinking about that. So here, um, if we go back to... 
the Israelites. Uh, my, my opening illustration uh, takes us back to the Egyptian slavery of the Israelites, and I've entitled it Deliverance. The Israelites were delivered from Egyptian slavery and also from Babylonian rule. And when you look at those two images of deliverance, they are wrapped up in the last seven bold plagues of Revelation 15 and 17. The, f- the purpose of the first five bowls of Revelation 16 are a type of or shown in type of the plagues of Egypt. So as the, uh-huh. the Egyptian plagues were sent to show the reality of God, the true ownership of God for his people, and the full power, righteousness, and extent of his mercy. In Revelation, the, f- the first five plagues do the same thing for the end-time apostate powers that are attempting to enslave and destroy God's last faithful people. So just in time, God steps in and relieves the suffering of his people by showing his full power to those who are rebellious. The last two plagues in Revelation parallel the drying up of the Euphrates and the deliverance of God's people from the Babylonian captivity. Okay, so there's these two um, themes, if you like, both deliverance, and we see that uh, reflected in Revelation 15 and 16. So the way it happens in Revelation 16 is by preparing the way for God to act and uh, release or rescue his faithful end-time people. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, if if anyone's got the the time and the money, they can buy a book entitled Revelation uh, by Ranko Stefanovic. He outlines this chapter by chapter, verse by verse, very, very, very well. And I like the way he um, digs back into the Old Testament, digs throughout the Bible, and he finds these answers based on what's already there. Right. So... Yeah, go. You know, it's go. interesting. I've, I've talked with Christians in the past, and they've, and they've uh, had this understanding that that uh, Jesus' people are put into a different place. They're separated mm. from the earth somehow, so that all of earth can face the plagues. You know, but when you make the parallel with Egypt, they weren't separated. You know, they were still in Egypt in the land, and they got to yep. witness God's plague. And at the same time, they were um, protected from it. Yeah, yeah, so and this is this is just the seven bowls. Hmm. Okay, this is just the seven bowls. We're going to look at the timing of that after the break. So in the in Revelation, there's a prelude to the pouring out of these bowls, just like as we looked at last week. There was a prelude, and the week before that, there was a prelude. Um, two different judgments that we were talking about. I've got, so, that, I've got that music piece that you referred to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good. So in Revelation, as these bowls are about to be poured out on the earth, there are a number of things that happen first, which, together with the first bowl, shows us the timing of the event. So mm-hmm. firstly, it appears that the judgments are finished. It appears the judgments are finished. I'd like to go to Revelation fifteen five to 8, and let me read that. Okay. And I'm reading from the New King James. It says in Revelation fifteen five, After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Not open, but opened. In other words, it was closed before, now it's opened. And out of the temple came the seven angels, having the seven plagues, clothed in bright linen, having chest girded with golden bands. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with the smoke 
uh, from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So here now you, you can't go into the temple until this is all done. Right. Then I heard a loud voice from the heaven, uh, from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out your bowls. Now we read that. Now in verse 2, it says, uh, so that the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. So it would appear uh, when you look at this scene, the fact that the smoke fills the temple from the glory of God would show that he's about to act, uh, like in the dedication of uh, the temple that Solomon built. You know, God came in, he, he, he acted, he filled the temple. And so when this happens, after the seven angels come out from that throne of God, no one's allowed back into the temple until the, the seven bowls are poured out. Right. And this would appear to indicate, because it says no one else can go into the sanctuary, it would appear that there's no more atonement taking place in the heavenly sanctuary. We talked about in the past what Jesus is doing for us right now. He's atoning for our sin, and there's a judgment taking place. Mm. We read in Daniel where it said the court was seated and the books were open. The judgment began and there was a time in history that that, that, that happened and we believe that's around about 1844. So that began and the, it appears there's no more atonement now taking place. Paralleling this in Daniel 12.1, it appears to show uh, it appears to show a parallel to this event. So in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, after that judgment has finished, mm-hmm. at that time Michael shall stand, stand up. up. That's a, a, an, a, an allergy for God, for Jesus. Mm-hmm. That great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there'll be a time of trouble such as never, never was. was since there was a nation even to that time. Here's the pouring out of the plagues about to happen at the end of the judgment. So it appears here the judgment's finished. When you even look at the Day of Atonement, I need to read a verse in a Day of Atonement. Mm. So in the Day of Atonement service, Leviticus 16 and verse 20, it says, And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place... That's the the daily sacrifice that Jesus is doing, mm-hmm. and then there's a point in time where he finishes that work. Um, the tab- tabernacle of meeting, the altar, uh, and he bring the live goat, and then he talks about what's going to happen with the live goat, which is about to happen in reality as you go through this. Mm. And then Aaron, in verse 23, then Aaron shall come into the tabernacle of meeting. He will take off the linen garments which he had when he went into the holy place and leave them there, and then he does something else. And here, Jesus is finishing that part of the service. In this part of the service, the Lord's goat's been sacrificed, his blood's taken into the holy place, mm-hmm. or the most holy place, the people are atoned for, the sanctuary's cleansed, and it represents Jesus doing that, dying on the cross um, and then going to heaven, and until now, atoning for us. Paul explains it in Hebrews chapter 7, and, it, and, and it's the means of his own shed blood right, that he right. atones for us. And he finishes that. <clears throat> the high priest, representing Jesus, comes out of the temple, puts aside the intercessory robes, and he takes up another role. And we saw that in Daniel chapter 12. So it appears the angels that come out, come out with supreme authority, 
They, the angels that come out of the sanctuary um, that do this awesome work for God appear to be in the likeness of Jesus. Right. And when you look at the image yeah. in uh, Revelation chapter 1, um, you see Jesus is shown as, uh, when John turns around, he sees this man clothed with a garment, girded about the chest with a golden band. And these angels, angels have, have the that same golden thing. band around their chest. So they seem to have been representative as they're about to act on the authority the direct authority from God. Right. But we have to go to a break. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, remember the listener question, have you ever experienced an illness that lasted a long time? What was, what was it like? Please share with us. Uh, 048880891. And uh, stay online too for the free book offer. It's called Visions and Dreams. A fresh look at Daniel and Revelation by Jack Blanco. And Blanco is an author that I really enjoy and I totally recommend this book as well. But we're going to go to a song. This is a song by Eleni and it's called Trust in You. Letting go of every single dream. I lay each one down at your Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war, I confess My hands are weary, I need your rest Mighty warrior, king of the fight no matter what I face, you're by my side When you don't move the mountains, I need you to move When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you You know what tomorrow brings There's not a day ahead you have not seen So in all things be my life and breath I want what you want, Lord, and nothing less When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing I will trust 
Tezzy. You're listening to Tezzy Encounters on... This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. I keep slipping up there, David. Um, the, the, the promotion. But, uh, Never mind. Yeah, amen to Lenny's song, I, I Will Trust in You. You're listening to Tezzy Encounters on Faith with, Faith FM with David Maxwell or Max on a series of significant sevens of Revelation. And he's been talking about the topic of the seven bowls. And before the break, we, we're starting to get into it. It's, mm. um, you were saying that the seven angels come out and they've got the golden sash around their chest, just like Jesus did in Revelation 1. And so they're coming in the likeness of Jesus and they're about to do something under his authority. Mm. So mm. Uh, what, what, the, what do the bowls and what do, what, what do they represent? Yeah, look, that's a good thing. Now, I hope you've got your pens out and I hope you're ready to write because we're going to go really quickly through this section. We've only got a few minutes and we've got seven bowls and events that happen from those bowls to overview. Now, don't don't worry too much if you don't get all the detail. Next year, you want to tune into this program because I am planning, uh, through God's grace, to unpack this entire overview through the whole of next year. So that's going to be, 2024 is going to be a big year. Mm. Nevertheless, so let's get into it. So as I said before the break, Jesus appears to have finished judging everyone. He stands up and gives direction for these seven special angels to do the work of preparation for his return. So as the bowls are poured out, everyone's case has been presented before God and judged by Jesus. There's no more chance to change sides and the time of God's mercy is finished. Some people refer to this as the close of probation. So probation, a period of time where God is patient and he perseveres with us until we make up our minds mm. one way or the other. That's what they call the close of probation. So one way we see this as true is that although probation is closed, there's an appearance of grace. As we look in these these passages of Revelation, the first, the second, the third bowl, we don't see any response from humanity. But the fourth bowl, we see them starting to blaspheme God's name. So there appears to be a time of... Um, uh, probation still there seems to be mercy but the fact is no one changes sides at this point because everyone's made up their mind um, listen to what's happening here on earth during this time now i'm going to read from revelation 14 and verse 9 and verse 10 then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives the mark on his forehead or on his hand he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out how much full strength into the cup of his indignation and then it goes on and it talks about what that looks like it would seem that um here it starts to get poured out. So in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 16, heard a loud voice from heaven, uh, from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. And so the first went and poured out his bowl on the earth and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. It would, it would seem that this first plague is a direct result of what God's enemies have already done to others. Mm. Uh, we've read in Revelation 14 that that's, you know, they're persecuting God's people. They're trying to make them receive this mark. 
The enemies have shown, inverted commas, anger, wrath and indignation to God's people who wouldn't receive the mark of the beast or follow him. So now they receive, in return, they receive God's anger, um, wrath and indignation. I know which one I'd prefer. You don't mind man's wrath, anger and indignation because even if they take your life, it's temporary. But if you receive God's anger, wrath and indignation, well, that's going to be eternal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. just like in Egypt, God returns on these rebels the torment that they have shown to his people. This shows God's full might and ability to protect and avenge his people. Remember, the Bible says that we shouldn't um, avenge ourselves. He says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, mm-hmm. says the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so this is not a nice thing that God has to do. It's called his strange act, like at the end when he He ends sin. It's his strange act, and this is part of his justice, making sure that those who have rejected him know with absolute certainty that God does exist, and this is who they have rejected. So as the first bowl seems to parallel the acts of God down through the centuries, um, it was shown in the trumpets, okay? Uh, while God, God's actions from the trumpets were mixed with mercy, now as God acts, people's minds are fixed and his, his judgments are poured out full, full strength, strength, as I said before, on the resistant rebels, as it says in Revelation 14.10 that we just read. So God's actions against the rejectors of the gospel uh, are these, these seven bowls. God's actions against the rejectors of the gospel. So in the first bowl, it's poured out only on those who've received the mark of the beast and they're afflicted by a terrible sore. If it's literal, it'd be much like uh, what happened when they got the boils in, uh, in, uh, in Egypt uh, through the sixth plague and perhaps even what Satan afflicted Job with. As the first trumpet affects people, so does the first bowl again without mercy this time. Before it was with mercy to drive people back to God. This time, no mercy. The second and third, as the second bowl is poured out, the sea turns to the colour of the blood of a dead man. Now, it's not red, is it? The blood of a dead man is black. Good point. It's black. Mm. And everything in the sea dies. That sort of says to me, perhaps this is an issue with oil. (laughs) You know, oil going everywhere. I don't know. But the third bowl affects all the rivers and streams. So the second trump affects the sea or large groups of people. The second bowl affects the sea. And there's no percentage here this time. The trumpet, a third of it. But the bowl, everything everything and it's affecting the remaining rebels against god the third trumpet affects a th- sorry the third trumpet affects a third of the remaining water sources or spiritual nourishment and the third bowl affects all remaining water sources as the trumpets seem to refer to the jewish nation and roman empire Due to these similarities, I would suggest that here the bowl plagues are address, um, uh, addressing the remaining religious and political enemies of God. So if literal, if this is not figurative, and it's hard to tell between the two, if it's f- literal, then there are no waterborne creatures available for food, no water for to drink and life becomes very perilous. You you would uh, you would need to rely on God absolutely, and that's what He does for His own people. 
The fourth, man, I'm running out of time. We're only at four. Keep going, keep going, David. <laughs> the fourth bowl is poured out. The sun's strength is intensified. Now, it's interesting that in the fourth trumpet, there's a darkening of the, the sun, but the fourth bowl intensifies the sun. And that's interesting mm. because it appears to show that, in effect, the very thing that they've worshipped falsely, that's the sun, mm-hmm. um, sun worship, um, now comes under the control of God who really controls creation. Now, I don't know how God's going to protect us from that hot sun, but he says he will. And even though these plagues only affect those who receive the mark of the beast, they don't repent or turn from God's ways, and here they start abusing God because of what's happening. They recognize, this is the amazing thing, they recognize that it's God that's doing this, and they still don't turn to (laughs) God. I think that's the whole purpose of these judgments, to show their real character. They've made their choices. Yeah. As the fifth bowl is poured out, it directly affects the beast power in his kingdom. And this darkness would appear to be spiritual in that causes pain. Now, you imagine spiritual pain. The blowing of the fifth trumpet, the release of evil forces, evil spiritual forces go out and torment those who have the mark of the beast. But here, the torment comes from the darkness or perhaps the lack of spiritual light that comes from God. Knowing at this point that you're lost and will remain forever separated from God in darkness must be the terrible pain right. of the heart, and that wow. is palpable. It's <clears throat> palpable. Yeah. You know, you know if you're receiving this, you're cut off from God. So just as the sixth seal and the sixth trumpet preempt Christ's return, so too the sixth bowl preempts Jesus' return. Remember we talked about the overlap of the visions. Yeah. Yep. In Babylon, which kept God's people captive, Euphrates was dried up and the Medes and Persians came into Babylon. So here, uh, the way is prepared for God to deliver his people mm. as they gather together to attack God's people and follow Satan's deceptions. And then the seventh, finally in Revelation sixteen seventeen to 21, the events of the outpouring of the seventh bowl, the seventh trumpet, the seventh seal all culminate in the same event. Which is the return of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to read about that. I'll start with that when we come back from our break. All right. So the book offer that we uh, promised earlier called Visions and Dreams by Jack Blanco, the authors of Daniel and Revelation simply wrote down what they saw, towering images, strange beasts, and an assortment of cryptic symbols and events. Some of the visions and dreams were explained by angels, others were sealed for future generations. Narrated in modern language without the interruption of chapter or verse, these ancient stories and prophecies are easier than ever to read and understand. And as you read, you will find courage and resurrection and the great truths about Jesus and his church found in these two books. But the code, stay tuned, will come after the break. And the song now is by Carly Fletcher. It's called Teach Us to Number Our Days. We do not know how long we have to live our lives on this earth. Our lives may be 70 years, if by reason of strength, maybe 80.
or David Maxwell on the topic of the seven bowls. I promised the code to claim our free offer. There's seven copies to give away, so make sure to text in. And I recommend uh, getting this book called Visions and Dreams, A Fresh Look at Daniel and Revelation. So for today's free offer, please text Revelation 5, all one word, R-E-V-E-L-A-T-I-O-N 5 to 488 So, Max, before the break, you outline each of the seven bowls as Ooh. foretelling God's judgment of those who have rebelled completely against them. So given that they only affect those who have rejected God, why is knowing about these so important? Yeah, really good point. Thanks, Leo. Look, I'm, I'm going to jump back quickly to the, the seventh and last bowl that Jesus announced. So remember we read a couple of weeks ago, we read uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and beautiful. verse 16. Yeah, beautiful now passage. I want to read that again. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Here is a great promise that Jesus says, I am coming, and he's coming with the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and it's not going to be a quiet event. Now, you might remember... That when uh, God was talking to Moses, he was just talking to Moses on the mountain and there was a great cloud. They could see thunders and lightning and he was just talking. Imagine when he comes and he shouts. Mm. The world is going to hear this. The world is going to shake. And 
that's that's what the seventh bowl outlines. So what I see here, what we what we can learn from these seven bowls today is that we are looking ahead to the seven bowls. The seven bowls don't begin getting poured out until there's no more mercy. And while those judgments are being poured out, God protects his people. What we learn from the bowls is that when we resist God's truth today, when we feel that convicting and merciful reprimand from the Holy Spirit, if we continue to resist that, our hearts gradually harden and we eventually fall for the lies of the devil because we stop listening to the Spirit of God. These bold judgments show us that nothing man can do to us, however bad it is, <laughs> can be as bad as receiving God's judgments because receiving God's judgments come with a knowledge that when I'm receiving these things, then I'm separated forever from God. So there's a time of mercy now. Mm. Now's the time to listen to those promptings by the Holy Spirit. So while the seals and the trumpets show us the extent of God's grace, and yes, sometimes he allows some hardship so that we'll be drawn back to him. But when we get, when we get to the bowls, there's no more mercy and we don't want to receive those. If we refuse God's grace as he, as he sends, you know, the, the promptings as he sends the difficulties to or he allows the difficulties to point us back to him and, and to rely back on him. If we resist that, then the only thing left for us once we shut off our hearts is to be forever se- separated from him. Mm. And, and, and with this comes a fearful expectation of the bold judgments that are coming. And the funny thing is, once they received, people don't go, oh, I'm really sorry, God, I'm really sorry. They've made up their minds. Double so, down. Yeah, so definitively that, that they will not change their stance. And these bold judgments show us that God's patience doesn't last forever. Mm. Through it all, God shows his unending love for those who choose to follow him. Those who, like you and I who are wanting to follow the way of God, however failing and flawed we are. He protects us through these plagues, or his people through these plagues, just like he did the children of Israel back in Egypt. Mm. So I bring you back to my opening illustration of deliverance as we wrap up. Just as Moses led the people out of Egypt and onto the promised land, so Jesus is coming very soon to deliver us as well. In John 14, he promised, I'm going away. I am going to come back and get you and take you to heaven with me. And what we read in First Thessalonians, whoa, what an encouragement that he's going to come. And if we've, if, even if we've succumbed to Satan's attacks and we've been resting in the grave, he's going to resurrect us and give us new bodies. We won't be like Michael Jackson's thriller. You know, we're not going to come out of the grave like zombies. He is going to resurrect us with brand new bodies. Yeah. Amen. So Jesus, Jesus led the people out of Egypt and onto the promised land. Jesus is soon coming to deliver us. But first, once mercy runs out, there will be a fearful, mm. there'll be some fearful judgments. So today, while there's still time, don't delay. Listen to his voice and prepare prepare your hearts for when he comes. Amen.
Amen. We pray for the softening of the hearts. Mm. And uh, next week, David, you're going to continue your uh, the sevens of Revelation. Seven thousand years, as we discover. Yes. Yeah, yes. there is a final thousand years mentioned in Revelation. This is going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and it wraps up the specific time in this world. Yeah. Yeah, and what God. I wanted to just quickly mention before you run out of time is that the Father gives out the bowls, not the Son. Justice is how mankind has treated his great sacrifice. Mm. So God gives this justice to the world for how they've treated his Son. Yeah, I mean, good point, good point. And um, don't forget the Visions and Dreams uh, book, The Offer, A Fresh Look at Daniel and Revelation by Jack Blanco. Today's free offer, you need to text in. We've, we've got one that's already come in. Well done to claim the book. It's uh, Revelation 5, all in one word, Revelation 5, the number 5. And text it through to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to claim your free copy. Learn more about these things that uh, Pastor David Maxwell has been talking about. And also we get to, um, <clears throat> get to uh, talk, continue the series that I'm going through. Um, next week, which is on worship, the practical ways of worship. And next week we're looking at prayer, the expression of worship, how we speak to God and how that is so important. So mm, for That sounds great. That oh, sounds great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Looking looking forward to it. It's been a been a great series. I I think um you know the things we're going through Revelation and uh you know how we find purpose and, and the reasons to worship God. It all all links up, doesn't it, David? It certainly does. It's been great sharing today. Yeah. So today, as you go through um, our day today, I pray that your hearts can be softened and you will choose Jesus, our Lord and Savior. I don't know about tomorrow I just It's
always shining. There are no tears. 